Welcome to the Cowboy Chronicles, uh, the Oklahomans, Oklahoma State football podcast presented by Zaxby's Cure Your Craving. Stop in today or visit zaxby's.com. I am your host, Scott Wright of the Oklahoman, joined by my beat partner, Jacob Unruh. Tulsa Week is here. We, uh, we've reviewed everything that we possibly could of the McNeese State victory. If you didn't catch that one, go back in the archives to our post-game podcast. Uh, dug deep into uh, all the uh, all the fascinating things that happen when you fascinating play Fascinating things in a 56 to 14 victory, right? Exactly. Fascinating. Exactly. So uh, going to look ahead to uh, Tulsa. Uh, we're going to dig even deeper into uh, the Tulsa matchup. We'll have uh, Dakota Gregory of the Tulsa World on with us in our next episode, plus the mailbag in, uh, in our, our uh, Friday episode. So be sure to jump in with that. On Twitter, at ScottWrightOK. Email s right at oklahoman.com with your questions. We'll address those. Um, but uh, going into this one, let's, uh, let's go back a little farther in history. There was a lot of talk about the uh, 2011 Oklahoma State-Tulsa game at, uh, at the Mike Gundy press conference on, uh, on Monday. Fascinating stuff. There were a lot of really interesting stories that, uh, that, that came out about, uh, about the behind-the-scenes issues of, uh, of this game. There are so many stories here that you learn. You know, I mean, first of all, there's the tough part of it with Glenn Spencer's wife passing mm-hmm. away in the, in the game. And, um, you know, you've got the lightning delay that takes it forever. It doesn't start till after midnight, the game. Yeah. It, it's just there's so many elements to this. You know, Kevin Clintworth tweets at me yesterday that he remembers seeing one of OSU's players in the concession stand line. Uh, during the delay, right. uh, you know, there was peanut butter and jelly sandwiches made for the entire team, trips to grocery stores, um, people hanging out in the stands, even though they shouldn't have been. Uh, I, there was so much thing that Mike, so many things that Mike Gundy talked about yesterday that was just really, really fascinating to me. We're going to be digging even deeper into uh, into some of those stories uh, later this week in the Oklahomans. We'll be on the lookout for that. Going to get some other voices to uh, to share some of the things that uh, that they were going with um, that they were going through. Um, one of the things that uh, uh, I thought was uh, I thought was funny. Bill Blankenship uh, opened his post game press conference with "Good morning, everyone." <laughs> I thought it was uh, I always thought that was uh, that was entertaining. Bill Blankenship, of course, uh, a fantastic guy and. Um, you know, had did a great job there at Tulsa. So, uh, but uh, but a lot of interesting storylines going through uh, going through that uh, very unique night and uh, into the morning up in Tulsa. Oklahoma State back there this week as uh, as we prepare for this game. What are you uh, What are you looking for, Jacob? Out of uh, Let's start with Spencer Sanders. What is uh, what do you what do you think he needs to do? We had a, a slow start the other day uh, against McNeese, but uh, but bounced back. Um, what does uh, what does he need to do on Saturday? You know, I'm curious how he responds to a legitimate pass rush. Yeah, um, McNeese got to him on that first series and sacked him. Um, they had some pressure on this first couple series. Really, mm-hmm. the offensive line took a little bit to get going, and uh, Tulsa already has six sacks. Yeah, you know they've they've got it, and they they played really well against Michigan State uh, defensively. And I think I'm really interested to see how he reacts to defense. It's going to maybe put up a little bit more resistance. I mean, McNeese, you know, we knew wasn't going to put much resistance. Oregon State's defense isn't very good, um, so I'm curious. I'm not saying this is a championship level defense right. that Tulsa has by any means, but they they have some really nice 
parts and yeah. and a scheme there that, that is working for them. And so I'm curious to see what he does under some pressure. Yeah, I mean, this is a, a, a defense that went up to Michigan State and only gave up 28 points. Uh, and I think there was a, a, a non-offensive touchdown yeah, in there as I well. So three touchdowns maybe yeah, is what they so allowed. So 21 yeah. uh, actually allowed by the defense. So uh, this is a solid defense. One of the uh, definitely the best they've seen so far, and uh, and and one of the better ones that they'll uh, that they'll see throughout the year. So um, it's a uh, it's a significant test. Uh, the offensive line will be uh, an issue of uh, of of curiosity. I'll yeah. say, uh, after grading out so high at Oregon State, Mike Gunny said it was the highest grade he could remember. Um, they were uh, they were not up to that standard uh, against McNeese. Yeah, he graded about his average yesterday, um, and that was um, that was fair. I thought for the the starting offensive line that, like I said, there were times that. That Sanders didn't have time, and there were yeah. times that Chuba got hit in the backfield and things like that that just you didn't see against Oregon State. And um, but Tulsa, I mean, Gundy came out and praised that defense yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, and that um, that's kind of stood out to me is how much he really, really talked about the defense um, and and guys that come off the edge and and their their secondary plays man to man. He was really impressed their, with their secondary, and um, so there's going to be some tests there for Spencer. And I think it's good when you go to Texas that he is going to have a test. Now that man-to-man uh, coverage could be a really big question when you've got Tyler Wallace on your side. Yeah, how much they actually trust a cornerback to go one-on-one with him on a regular basis will be a really big question because that's a that's a matchup that Oklahoma State will find ways to isolate, and uh, and 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 obviously that uh, that becomes a, a huge advantage when you're Oklahoma State. So. If they stick with that, it's good for Oklahoma State. If they don't yeah. stick with that, it's also okay for Oklahoma State because they got a lot of talented guys elsewhere. Too many receivers at this point. I mean, you've got yeah. Jordan McRae, who's who's had a nice start. C.J. Moore, uh, who Gundy talked a lot about yesterday, and um, you, Dylan Stoner hasn't done much yet, but you know he's going to. You know Jelani Woods is going to get involved at some point. Um, you've got guys like that. That sure, go ahead, double, triple, tie whatever you want to do. But there's there's people over there they're going to make plays and so that the theory that the man-to-man defense from Tulsa I I get what Gundy's saying I'm with you it it may not hold very long it's the first yeah. time that Tylen Burns the guy one-on-one they're going to think okay we're going to have to do something different here yeah absolutely so it's uh, always interesting to see when you've got a clash of styles like this that uh you know to see if uh, if the defense is going to uh, to change, if they're going to bend, if they're going to do something completely different that you haven't seen on film. Um, that's uh, that's happened to Oklahoma State in the past. Uh, you know, I think back to, to some of the games, particularly in uh, Mason Rudolph's senior year when, with James Washington in 2017. There were a lot of things. A lot of defenses made some uh, some significant changes uh, leading up to uh, to game week against Oklahoma State to to take James Washington away and and throw Mason Rudolph off his game. So uh, we'll see how Tulsa approaches that. But uh, you know, even if you start you know you start dropping your safeties back, that opens up the run game. That's what Oregon State tried to do was keep safeties deep to uh, to prevent the big uh, the big pass play. And Chuba Hubbard ran wild. So uh, there are just too many weapons in this uh, in this Oklahoma State offense to uh, to allow you to try to just take one away and 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 have some success. So it'll be interesting to see how Tulsa handles that. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, and look at the other side of the ball for the Cowboys. This is the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's.
one. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Jacob, the the non-conference schedule um, has uh, it, it, this Tulsa game has a, a, a real value, I think, to to Oklahoma State in a lot of different ways. Um, I think it fills that kind of that kind of middle opponent. You know, you want you want you got to have got to have a, a power five. Then you've got kind of that middle of the road team, and then and then your lower level opponent. I think uh, I think Tulsa and extending this series, you know, they're playing ten times in the next twelve years. I think the value of this game to everybody, um, you know, Oklahoma State obviously recruits the Tulsa area so hard. Um, you know, there are a lot of different the fans. The fans, it's a, it's an easy road trip for fans mm-hmm. as opposed to you know going to Oregon State. Um, so I think I think this this checks a lot of boxes in terms of value to Oklahoma State. Yeah, definitely. Um- you mentioned the recruiting factor for one. I mean, they can get recruits there in Tulsa a lot easier than they can Oregon. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you get in front of these kids and they see it, and um, you know they've they've got Bixby, Jinx, Union, all those kids over there. Um, I'm forgetting some schools. I'm sure. Sorry, but uh, you know, uh, but you're right. The scheduling factor. I think I, I like that OSU is getting the more regionalized. They got an Arkansas series coming right. up. Um, it, it it makes sense. It saves them money. Yeah, um, and, and that's the biggest factor, I, obviously. Yeah. Um, especially when you hear you go to Oregon. Let's have a home non-conference game and go to Tulsa. That's that's not going to be too expensive right. compared to Oregon. Um, you know, but you're right. I I think it's really good for fans. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a good crowd Saturday. Yeah. The better crowd for Tulsa than they're probably going to have all season. Yeah. Uh, except maybe I would assume homecoming. It might be a big crowd for them. At, uh, you know, as it should be. But you know, you're gonna. It's probably gonna be mostly OSU fans. Right. And it's gonna be like a home away from home. It's kind of like the the Thunder doing the exhibition game at the BOK in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, kind of get that vibe and it helps Tulsa out mm-hmm. you know you want Tulsa to have good attendance too it's an right. state school and um, you want them to to kind of get that notoriety and so I think uh, you you really can't go wrong with this series yeah. uh, now, if, now if Oklahoma State loses they might second guess themselves a little but right you know uh, I think you I think this is the right the right thing yeah absolutely and um, you know Tulsa is a is an interesting school being that they're so small they don't have just a massive um, you know, alumni fan base. Uh, they're the smallest uh, FBS mm-hmm. playing uh, FBS f- football school. So um, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's fun to see a good crowd at a uh, at a game like this, and um, it's going to be nice to see Oklahoma State playing it on a regular basis with the uh, the home and home. I uh, I know more people that went to law school at Tulsa than actually undergrad. Right, and like, yeah. they don't really care. Right, that's. Yeah. I mean, they went to law school there. That's they don't have that alumni feeling right. to you, but there right. is a lot exactly. to do though. Yeah, right over there. Yeah, there absolutely absolutely is, and uh, you know, on the recruiting side of things, um, you know, on local guys who are uh, who are perhaps being recruited by by both, because obviously Tulsa recruits Tulsa very hard, and uh, and Oklahoma State does as well. Um, you know, obviously Oklahoma State can't take recruits to this game, but guys that they're recruiting that are being recruited by Tulsa will be at this game yeah. as well. I so. wonder if Tulsa kind of backs off some of those guys for this game. Like, maybe <laughs> right. you shouldn't come to this one. Right, right. You know, why like, don't you, why don't you come when we're, uh, yeah. uh, you know, farther down the schedule? When come, we're playing come next some, week when we play some, Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, we got some it's, uh, AAC teams on the schedule. Yeah, let's not uh, let's not have you here watching OSU when they want you to. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but it's uh, it's it's a valuable game for for a lot of reasons. I'm glad to see it. Uh, glad to see it on the schedule. Um, what uh, we haven't made our official picks for this game at this point, but but do you have do you have kind of a gut feeling on uh, on what direction this uh, this could go? We talked about the uh, the the Oklahoma State offense versus the Tulsa defense and and the kind of some of the uniqueness there. Um, now Oklahoma State uh, is has been weaker on defense. Tulsa's offense has been a little bit weaker, so it's. Uh, kind of an interesting matchup, and uh, trying to get a gauge of of what could actually happen in this game has has been kind of tough for yeah, me. Yeah, I, I mean, I think OSU wins, right? And I right. think they win. Uh, what was the line? Fourteen, right. kind of about around there. Yeah. I mean, I think I would take that. I mean, I would think that they would win by probably more than 14 to be honest right. yeah. um I, I i'll be honest i thought the line was a little bit low I, that's what i that, think and that messed I, with me even more yeah that, that's kind of why i was like wow all right 14 um because i would have thinking the line would have been 21 22 right yeah you know somewhere in there and then you get you know i would have still said they win by four touchdowns probably right um yeah. and i probably would still say that um yeah. you know i don't know that they're gonna put up 56 on tulsa's defense right um but i think they're gonna you know i think they might get off to another slow start, or who, honest. I said, hold on. I think they're going to they come out the fast start. I think they're going to be a little determined to show that last week is kind of a fluke. Yeah, and they might come out and score really quick, and they might put it away. Yeah, um, pretty quick too. But Tulsa defense is is better than people are wanting to give them credit for. I think so. I think it's yeah. going to be interesting at least for the first half. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think um, you know I'm curious to see what happens with this Tulsa offense. Uh, because Zach Smith is a talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. We've seen him, and we saw him at Baylor uh, doing some things. Uh, Shamari Brooks, you and I both covered when he was in high school at yeah. Union, and uh, and he's a talented running back. So they've got uh, some good pieces. They've got a, a, a pretty deep group of wide receivers that are uh, that are really solid. So um, we'll see what they're able to do. Obviously, offensive line is a little bit of an issue, but um, but we'll see what they're able to do against uh, against the Oklahoma State secondary in particular. Uh, you know, Oregon State was able to find some holes uh, and and make some plays, and this uh, again a veteran quarterback and some talented receivers who might be able to to find some spots and, and and do some things. That'll be that'll be probably one of the things I'm most curious about is how Oklahoma State's secondary holds up. Yeah, that's something that we didn't really look at last week. There wasn't much of an right. issue with secondary last no. week. There wasn't much of a test exactly. either, to be honest. Um, so I think you know they need to be pushed again because Texas is going to test them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, and that's the uh, that's the big thing. This is the last game on the ramp up to uh, up to the start of Big Twelve play, and you dive right in with a road trip to Texas. Uh, you know, having two road games, I think this year is is uh, in non conference has been probably beneficial for the way because of the way that the conference mm-hmm. schedule sets up. I think uh, having been on the road a couple of times, especially one long trip, uh, is uh, is a big benefit because you know Mike Gunny mentioned he asked the team before they went up to Oregon State how many guys are traveling for the first time and he said it was like 26 or 28 guys raised their hands uh, and that's a that's a whole different feel for uh, a, a kid that's making playing in, in his first college road game you know going through all the the flying and I mean le- legitimately there's some of these guys who've never been on a plane before um, you know before they before they get to college so you uh, you never know how guys are going to react in those situations I think it's important for them to have experienced that now and and they're going to be ready for that when uh, when the uh, when the season gets here 
what um, what are you looking for on uh, on offense? For would do you think that this becomes a game where Oklahoma State has to uh, has to attack on the ground more so because we've seen it both ways after after two games, it's uh, you know it was uh, it was ground heavy uh, in the opener and they flipped it and uh, and threw for over four hundred yards as as a team. Um, do you have a do you have a gut feeling on on which direction that goes this week? I oof. I kind of think they want to go back and establish the run yeah. early. Um, to maybe relieve some of that pressure that Tulsa is going to try to put on Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like the way that to go maybe. Um, right. And Chuba only carried the ball eight times last week. And I know Gundy's playing part of that on a fumble, but right. um, I think, uh, I think they try to get him going early to open things up for Spencer and Tylen. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel that way too. I think that's where they're going to see their, uh, their best uh, opportunities, whether it's, uh, you know, handling, you know uh, blitzes or or whatever it is uh you know if you're able to uh, to get into run plays that that uh that get you away from some of that sort of stuff i think that's uh that's a, a good way but we'll see what we'll see what the uh, the Tulsa defense has up its sleeve it's uh, it's definitely played well and uh and done some good things to this point in the season so um as i mentioned uh in our our final podcast of the week, we will have Dakota Gregory of the Tulsa World, the Tulsa football beat writer, to uh, to break down the Golden Hurricane a little bit more and uh, and and dive into that and your mailbag questions. So reach out with uh, with those uh, at Scott Wright OK on Twitter, S Wright at Oklahoma.com via email, and we'll uh, we'll answer all of those questions in our Friday mailbag segment. But that will do it for the Cowboy Chronicles presented by Zaxby's. Cure your cravings. Stop in today or visit Zaxby's.com. We're back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Over to the defensive side of the ball for Oklahoma State. We saw some uh, some some developments, I think, in uh, – I mean, yes, it was McNeese State, but we saw some progress. Um, anything that, that stands out where they need to take another step forward uh, going into uh, to this Tulsa game that's, that's a, uh, you know, a, a more similar offense to what we're going to see in the Big 12? I, I still want to see more pressure on the quarterback – I still would like to see – I mean, two sacks here tonight, that's a good improvement. But I think I, this defense last year had so many sacks. I really want to see them kind of get back to that and, and turnovers. I mean, you, you still want more turnovers. Yeah. Only one against McNeese State. I mean – or two. Sorry, they had two. They yeah, had, but, but, I mean, one was late when it was scrubs yeah. in the game. So Yeah, you know, um, really one for the first-team defense. You know, you almost would expect more maybe against a team like McNeese right. State. And, um, but I think you can start turning that corner a little bit. Um, going into Big 12, you've got to feel really good about yourself. Now they have confidence now. I mean, that pick six right, right by A.J. Green at the beginning of the game really started things rolling. Um, but it's just um, – it's uh, it's not exactly, um, you know, the start they're still wanting, I think. Right. I think they still want to get more turnovers and sacks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think we're going to see – uh, we're going to continue to see a little bit more, just gradually opening up the playbook uh, from from Jim Knowles. I uh, don't know that he's done a ton of the uh, the the really creative stuff that he's got uh, stashed away 
right now. Um, and there's a lot of that stuff that we're not going to see until Texas. So, um, but you know, guys like, uh, guys like Mike Scott, Brock Martin, uh, I almost said Jordan Brelford, <laughs> Trace Ford. That's Trace Ford. It's, uh. it's number ninety four, and he's really fast. That's uh, that's uh, that's what I know. Same build too. Yeah, I mean, they just... are very similarly built. Um, so those the, those three guys in that what they call the Leo position, the one that they move around and do so many creative things with. Uh, I think you're going to see those guys doing doing more things, and the defensive line I think in general is coming along. Um, so I think that the progress is good there. Linebacker depth is still a uh, a, a huge concern, but the two starters I think are playing spectacularly well. I mean, yeah, I mean. You've got Malcolm Rodriguez obviously moving there, and he's just he's around the ball almost every play. It seems like it seems like you're always going to see twenty involved. Um, Amen. I'm not going to say his last name because I'm not there yet. Like you, Scott. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Abog Magmiga. That's not even close. But um, you know he he's been a really nice uh, addition this year to that to that group. He's been really really strong. Um, He seems like he's he settled in really quick, and yeah, you know if you get. the problem is you don't want to wear those guys out. Right, exactly. And, and that's the concern. They got rest last week. That helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you start getting against these Big 12 offenses, you're going to have to have some depth to get those guys a breather because they're going to be running all over the place just yeah. the way those offenses are. Yeah. And Malcolm being up there in that group, I think opens a door for some additional creativity from Jim Knowles. Uh, because when he goes, to, he likes to go to that three-three setup in some passing situations, and when you're in that and you've got Malcolm in there, it's really like a three-two with an, with another safety. Uh, so the coverage ability is uh, is is significantly increased in that in that situation. Kevin Henry is a guy with some good speed and and a pretty big guy at, at about 240 pounds. So. Um, when they get into those opportunities to, to use that defense, it could be a uh, a really interesting situation for this uh, for this group and what they can do. Um, I'm you know as uh, as this back injury for Calvin Bundage lingers, uh, I'm becoming more and more convinced that that Malcolm Rodriguez could be at linebacker for the entirety of the season. Um, even because the truth is, even when Bundage comes back, he's not going to be a guy that's going to be able to go play seventy plays a game. And he's 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 going to uh, the the depth still still isn't great there if you take if you take Malcolm Rodriguez out so I think that uh, that this is a, uh, a a move for the year definitely and then we'll see uh, going forward if uh, if they have if they feel comfortable with the guys like Nadrian Desidere or Cameron Farrar who uh, who got to play Desidere was out uh, didn't get to play in his second game as a true freshman but uh, Cameron Farrar did get in the action and uh, and made a tackle and uh, and looked solid so. Um, you know, be interesting to see going forward beyond this year how Jim Knowles likes to address that that linebacker situation. But uh, for now, Malcolm Rodriguez looks like an incredibly good fit there, uh, even though he's uh, he's not as big as maybe what you what you want at a at a linebacker. You know, if it was a, if they were a four three and he was an outside linebacker, I don't think it would concern you as much. No. But when you when you run, when you're running a four two five. It just feels it just feels like they need another big guy up there, but he's holding his own right now, and we'll see really in two weeks for sure 
uh, what uh, you know what he can do. Sometimes there. I feel like it is a three-three, anyways. The way the right. Leo position goes, with you've yeah. got Tracer, Brock, Martin, mm-hmm. guys like that coming off. They're standing up, coming off the edge, anyways. Yeah, we're lining up it, at middle linebacker yeah, with the yeah, other linebackers going outside. It kind outside. of feels that way, anyways. So I feel like that sometimes maybe alleviates a little bit of the size disadvantage that Malcolm has when you've got guys like that. Because Trace was recruited as a lineman linebacker, anyways. Trace right. Ford was, and right. so I think you know you've kind of got him as that hybrid guy, anyways. Or, yeah. or you know brock martin and right. you know guys like that i think you know i think that kind of serves as the dual purpose for that yeah yeah absolutely yeah Tr- trace is is exactly what they view as for that position he's the he's the ideal uh, type of player for for what jim Knowles wants in that spot so um and jim Knowles loves that guy he raves about him any chance he gets talking about his speed his first step his his short area quickness to get to the ball uh, he's been very impressed. Ford ended up with uh, with with four tackles the other night. Got his first sack, first too. career sack. So he, he's going to be an impact player uh, for uh, for a while. Yeah, now, he's not like. he's not going to play these first four games and sit. He's no. he's not redshirting. No, absolutely not. Um, in 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 that vein, uh, eight additional true freshmen got into the action. I'm guessing. For most of them, that might be uh, that might be about it this year. Maybe uh, maybe you see some of them pop up if uh, if the Cowboys are able to put some blowouts on Kansas or somebody else like that. Uh, but it's a definite change in how Mike Gundy used the redshirt rule a year ago when he would run a guy out there to help on special teams. When his four games was up, he picked another guy to go out there and fill that spot. Um, we saw him rotate through some guys that way, but we did not see you know for instance. Uh, Jameel Jeter come in and as as the fifth string running back and and be used the way that we saw with DeAndre Glass or um, Langston Anderson. So a definite change in uh, in how Gundy is is viewing this uh, this four game redshirt rule and and I think it's beneficial for the guys. I do too. I think you you've got this experience and and I think this is part of having an FCS opponent on your schedule as you get you get you get your feet wet basically. Yeah. Um, you know we may not see these guys again the rest right, of the year exactly. and you know other than on special teams just say hey you know there's there's a number out there that that's a freshman all right, right okay exactly. cool um but uh you know i think i think that only helps because we've 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 written about this we've talked about this with, with some of the players that did redshirt last year even special teams helped them out so imagine being a running back who gets four carries right that you wouldn't have gotten before you get to at least get out there and get an idea and get an idea of the speed of the game on that side of the ball and stuff i think i think it's huge yeah absolutely All right, let's take another quick break, and uh, we'll come back with our final segment here on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. Coming back in three, two, one. We are back on the Cowboy Chronicles, presented by Zaxby's. I'm your host, Scott Wright, joined by Jacob Unruh. Jacob, the the non-conference schedule... Um, has uh, this Tulsa game has a, a, a real value, I think, to to Oklahoma State in a lot of different ways. Um, I think it fills that kind of that kind of middle opponent. You know, you want you want you got to have got to have a, a power five. Then you've got kind of that middle of the road team, and then and then your lower level opponent. I think uh, I think Tulsa and extending this series. You know, playing ten times in the next twelve years. I think the value of this game to everybody 
Um, you know, Oklahoma State obviously recruits the Tulsa area so hard. Um, you know, there are a lot of different the fans. The fans, it's a, it's an easy road trip for fans mm-hmm. as opposed to you know going to Oregon State. Um, so I think I think this this checks a lot of boxes in terms of value to Oklahoma State. Yeah, definitely. Um, you mentioned the recruiting factor for one. I mean, they can get recruits there in Tulsa a lot easier than they can Oregon. You know, I mean, you, you get in front of these kids and they see it, and um, you know they've they've got Bixby, Jinx, Union, all those kids over there. Um, I'm forgetting some schools, I'm sure. Sorry, but uh, you know, uh, but you're right. The scheduling factor. I think I, I like that OSU is getting more regionalized. They got an Arkansas series coming right. up. Um, it, it it makes sense. It saves them money. Yeah. Um, and, and that's the biggest factor, I, obviously. Yeah. Um, especially when you hear you go to Oregon. Let's have a home non conference game and go to Tulsa. That's, that's not going to be too expensive right. compared to Oregon. Um, you know, but you're right. I, I think it's really good for fans. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a good crowd Saturday. Yeah. The better crowd for Tulsa than they're probably going to have all season. Yeah. Uh, except maybe I would assume homecoming. It might be a big crowd for them, at, uh, you know, as it should be. But, you know, you're going to, it's probably going to be mostly OSU fans. Right. And it's going to be like a home away from home. It's kind of like the, the Thunder doing the exhibition game at the BOK in Tulsa. Yeah. Um, kind of get that vibe and it helps Tulsa out mm-hmm. you know you want Tulsa to have good attendance too it's an right. state school and um, you want them to to kind of get that notoriety and so I think uh, you you really can't go wrong with this series yeah. uh, now, if, now if Oklahoma State loses they might second guess themselves a little but right you know uh, I think you I think this is the right the right thing yeah absolutely and um, you know Tulsa is a is an interesting school being that they're so small they don't have just a massive um, you know, alumni fan base. Uh, they're the smallest uh, FBS mm-hmm. playing uh, FBS football school. So um, you know, it's uh, it, it, it's it's fun to see a good crowd at a uh, at a game like this, and um, it's going to be nice to see Oklahoma State playing it on a regular basis with the uh, the home and home. I uh, I know more people that went to law school at Tulsa than actually undergrad. Right, and like, yeah. they don't really care. Right. That's. Yeah. I mean, they went to law school there. That's they don't have that alumni feeling right. to you. But there right. is a lot exactly. to do though. Yeah, over there. Yeah, there absolutely absolutely is. And uh, you know, on the recruiting side of things, um, you know, on local guys who are uh, who are perhaps being recruited by by both, because obviously Tulsa recruits Tulsa very hard, and uh, and Oklahoma State does as well. Um, you know, obviously Oklahoma State can't take recruits to this game, but guys that they're recruiting that are being recruited by Tulsa will be at this game yeah. as well. So. I wonder if Tulsa kind of backs off some of those guys for this game. Like, maybe <laughs> right. you shouldn't come to this one. Right, right. You know, why like, don't you, why don't you come when we're, uh, yeah. uh, you know, farther down the schedule? When come, we're playing come next some, week when we play some, Wyoming. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's, we got some it's, uh, AAC teams on the schedule. Yeah, let's not, uh, let's not have you here watching OSU when they want you to. Right, so. yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's uh, it's it's a valuable game for for a lot of reasons. I'm glad to see it. Uh, glad to see it on the schedule. Um, what uh, we haven't made our official picks for this game at this point. But but do you have do you have kind of a gut feeling on uh, on what direction this uh, this could go? We talked about the uh, the the Oklahoma State offense versus the Tulsa defense and and the kind of some of the uniqueness there. Um, now Oklahoma State. Uh, is has been weaker on defense. Tulsa's offense has been a little bit weaker, so it's uh, kind of an interesting matchup. And uh, trying to get a gauge of of what could actually happen in this game has has been kind of tough for yeah, me. Yeah, I I mean I think OSU wins, right? And I right. think they win. 
uh, what was the line? 14? Right. Kind of about around there. Yeah. I mean, I think I would take that. I mean, I would think that they would win by probably more than 14, to be right. honest. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll be honest. I thought the line was a little bit low. I, that's which what is, I that, think. And that messed I, with me even more. Yeah. That, that's kind of why I was like, wow, all right, 14. Because um, I would have thinking the line would have been 21, 22. Right, yeah. You know, somewhere in there. And then you get, you know. I would have still said they win by four touchdowns, probably. Right, um, yeah. and I probably would still say that. Um, yeah. You know, I don't know that they're going to put up fifty-six on Tulsa's defense. Right, um, but I think they're going to. You know, I think they might get off to another slow start. Or who, honest, I said, hold on. I think they're going to. They're going to come out the fast start. I think they're going to be a little determined to show that last week was kind of a fluke. Yeah, and they might come out and score really quick, and they might put it away. Yeah, um, pretty quick too, but. Tulsa defense is, is better than people are wanting to give them credit for, I think. So I think it's yeah. going to be interesting, at least for the first half. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think, um, you know, I'm curious to see what happens with this Tulsa offense uh, because Zach Smith is a talented quarterback. Mm-hmm. We've seen him. and We saw him at Baylor uh, doing some things. Uh, Shamari Brooks, you and I both covered when he was in high school at yeah. Union, and, uh, and he's a talented running back. So they've got – uh, some good pieces they've got a, a, a pretty deep group of wide receivers that are uh, that are really solid so um, we'll see what they're able to do obviously offensive line is a little bit of an issue but um, but we'll see what they're able to do against uh, against the Oklahoma State secondary in particular uh, you know Oregon State was able to find some holes uh, and and make some plays and this uh, again a veteran quarterback and some talented receivers who might be able to to find some spots and and, and do some things that'll be that'll be probably one of the things I'm most curious about is how Oklahoma State's secondary holds up. Yeah, that's something that we didn't really look at last week. There wasn't much of an right. issue with secondary last no. week. There wasn't much of a test exactly. either, to be honest. Um, so I think you know they need to be pushed again because Texas is going to test them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, and that's the uh, that's the big thing. This is the last game on the ramp up to uh, up to the start of Big Twelve play, and you dive right in with a road trip to Texas. Uh, you know, having two road games, I think this year is is uh, in non conference has been probably beneficial for the way because of the way that the conference mm-hmm. schedule sets up. I think uh, having been on the road a couple of times, especially one long trip, uh, is uh, is a big benefit. Uh, because you know Mike Gunny mentioned he asked the team before they went up to Oregon State how many guys are traveling for the first time and he said it was like 26 or 28 guys raised their hands uh, and that's a that's a whole different feel for uh, a, a kid that's making playing in, in his first college road game you know going through all the the flying and I mean le- legitimately there's some of these guys who've never been on a plane before um, you know before they before they get to college so you uh, you never know how guys are going to react in those situations I think it's important for them to have experienced that now and and they're going to be ready for that when uh, when the uh, when the season gets here what um, what are you looking for on uh on offense for would you think that this becomes a game where oklahoma state has to uh, has to attack on the ground more so because we've seen it both ways after after two games it's uh you know it was uh, it was ground heavy uh in the opener and they flipped it and uh, and threw for over 400 yards as, as a team um do you have a do you have a gut feeling on on which direction that goes this week i oof. i kind of think they want to go back and establish the run yeah. early um to maybe relieve some of that pressure that Tulsa is going to try to put on Spencer. Mm-hmm. Um, that seems like the way that to go maybe. Um, right. And Chuba only carried the ball eight times last week. And I know Gundy's 
blame part of that on a fumble but right. um i think uh i think they try to get him going early to open things up for spencer and tylen yeah yeah i kind of feel that way too i think that's where they're going to see their uh their best uh opportunities whether it's uh you know handling you know blitzes or or whatever it is uh you know if you're able to uh, to get into run plays that that uh that get you away from some of that sort of stuff i think that's uh that's a, a good way but we'll see what we'll see what the uh, the Tulsa defense has up its sleeve it's uh, it's definitely played well and uh and done some good things to this point in the season so um as i mentioned uh in our our final podcast of the week we will have Dakota Gregory of the Tulsa World the Tulsa football beat writer to uh, to break down the golden hurricane a little bit more and uh and and dive into that and your mailbag questions so reach out with uh with those uh, at scott Wright, okay on twitter s right at oklahoma.com via email and we'll uh we'll answer all of those questions in our friday mailbag segment but that will do it for the cowboy chronicles presented by zaxby's cure your cravings stop in today or visit zaxby's.com